Welcome to Parenting Teens with Dr. Cam, a podcast about navigating adolescence without losing our minds. Each week, I guide you around the teenage landmines with practical tips, simple solutions, and words of encouragement. I'm your host, Dr. Cam. Let's get on with the show. Hey, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Parenting Teens with Dr. Cam. I'm your host, Dr. Cam, and today I'm talking with triathlete and coach Trisha Robinson. Trisha was once a successful director in corporate America. After 17 years of attempting to be a have-it-all mom with two young kids, her body and mind just broke down. Trisha quit her job and spent over five years recovering from multiple injuries. Now she's a triathlete and a New York City marathon finisher. Finisher is an important word with a dream of becoming an Ironman athlete. As a wellness coach, she has helped stressed out business women who are tired of running on empty to focus on self-care so that they can gain back their energy fit into their clothes, and feel empowered to fulfill their dreams. Welcome, Trisha. I am so happy to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. I truly appreciate it. Absolutely. So your story from stressed out mom that's not very healthy, which I think a lot of people can relate to, to a triathlete training Mm -hmm. for the Ironman, like what? (laughs) Oh, tell us, how did you get from here to here? That's a pretty massive step. Thank you. So there was a lot of ups and downs along the way. But, you know, when I thought back to like, when did it really change for me? I remember still working and uh, calling up the employee assistance line one day. And I hear the voice on the other end go, hello. And I'm just like, I can't say anything. And all of a sudden I just start sobbing. I'm like sobbing. I'm like, I can't control it. And um, he says to me, I'm going to help you take a deep breath. And then as soon as we get off the phone, I want you to go outside and go for a walk. And uh, I finally like pulled myself together. I gave him my information. He set me up with a counselor. And then and he also reminded me, don't take any technology with you. Go without your phone. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay. And my dog was sitting at the foot of my, at my feet. Cause I happened to be working from home that day. I was in a traveling job, but that day was a home office day. And she looked up at me like she knew something was wrong and she was right. There was something wrong, but I hung up that phone and I said, all right, Indy, let's go for a walk. And I went outside and I looked at the trees and I looked at the flowers and I saw birds flying by and I didn't look down at my cell phone. I just like let myself be in nature. And that was the reminder to me that I had been so, so busy with everything else in my life that I wasn't making time for me to just be a human, not a mom, not a professional businesswoman, not a wife. I'm a human out in nature, just absolutely living. And what happened throughout the journey is um, I ended up quitting the job, um, spending years recovering from surgeries, as we've talked about. Mm. Then I kind of forgot about the walks because my dog died. Mm. And I know that sounds kind of weird, like something I did for so long. But when she died, my reason for having to go outside a couple times per day, it disappeared. I didn't have to take her for a morning walk. I didn't have to take her for an afternoon walk. And I didn't have to take her for an evening walk. 
Um, so what happened was after a car accident, a minor car accident, it caused some problems and I couldn't do anything anymore. So again, I was like this hopeless, like, how can I be this 40 year old woman and I can't lift weights or do push-ups or do anything strenuous. Um, and I, I ate a lot of ice cream at the pool that summer and gained like 15 pounds of weight. And I went to the doctor's office and when I got on the scale, I was like, oh my God, I weigh as much as I did when I was pregnant with my second kid. Mm. And I'm not pregnant. Like, this is not me. And uh, I called up my mom and I told her and she goes, oh, Trisha, that's more than me. And I was like, I'm so horrified. And so I just remembered, wait a second, I could go outside and go for a walk. And what I didn't realize like I'd get my kids off to school I'd go for a walk Saturday Sunday mornings I would go for, and I would go for an hour-long walk every single day no technology just go um, and some days when it was warm enough I walked barefoot so we talk about that mm. later um, but I just everybody knew that mommy was going for her walk nothing happened in the family on a Saturday or Sunday without me going for my walk first Wow. If it was raining, I put on a rain jacket, I grabbed an umbrella, and I went for a walk. If it was 20 degrees or five below snowing, as long as it wasn't ice, I put on my parka, I went for a walk. And my body changed substantially. I lost the 15 pounds I gained. But more importantly, my mental health was so much more improved because I was out of nature. I was mm. out feeling better. And, um, my family noticed a difference too. So it wasn't that I just, you know, quit my job and became a triathlete. It's like, I quit my job, got better, got in a car accident, gained weight, started walking. And then I started feeling so good. I wanted to take it to the next level. So mm, that's so powerful. And everybody can get out into nature. Even if you can't walk, you can still get out there, but it's doing a simple walk through nature, wherever it is down around the block, that's all it took. And so yeah. how did going for a walk turn into a triathlete? Like I so, go for walk, I go for walks. I'm nowhere near a triathlete. <laughs> well, I'll tell you when I was recovering from my multiple hand surgeries, uh, I had bought this workout thing and it was a mantra and movement. And she was uh, very powerful into meditation and dreaming about a better you. So during that period of time where I was after my hand surgeries, but before I could do anything with my hands, um, she had us write down like a big dream, like write down an impossible dream, like something you imagine you could never do. Mm -hmm. Well, she had come up with the idea, like run a marathon. I'm like, I hate running. I'm not going to run a marathon. So I'm not going to write that as my dream. But I will do a sprint triathlon. So I wrote down, I'm a triathlete. And then I kind of like forgot about that dream. Uh, then a car accident happened. And then I started, you know, the weight gain. And then I lost all the weight. Well, what happened is I started supplementing and improved my nutrition, changed my diet. And I joined a gym and the personal trainer like helped me build strength. And so I could do things like now I can do push-ups and, mm. uh, and lift weights that I couldn't do before. But what happened in the first two months, I had such a, such an improvement that I like dusted off that dream of becoming a triathlete. And I said, do you think you could help me? Like we have six months to this triathlon. Do you think I could do it? And she's like, yes, I'm going to get you there. And so I trained for six months. I had to learn how to run because I wasn't a runner. Mm. So 
I did couch to five before it was couch to five. Like I literally, I went to the gym, I walked on the treadmill, then I tried running a loop and I would talk to myself. I go, come on, Trisha, you can do one more loop. You can do it. You can do it. The power of you telling yourself you can mm-hmm. do it. Just keep going. Just keep going. I mean, I probably looked like an idiot, but I didn't care because my goal was I had to be able to run a 5k. So every, you know, for six to eight weeks, it took me oh, like running several times per week to be able to make it to the 5k. So I was excited about that. Um, I signed up for the triathlon. They gave me a 12 week plan. I did every single thing on the plan. So I had to swim again. I hadn't swam in 25 years. I had to learn to ride a bike on the road was never a bike rider on the road, you know, like, you know, on side streets. Yes. But on major roads, that was scary to me. So I had to learn that. And then I had to put it all together. So I followed the plan because it was so important to me for me being able to do that was like, I conquered my health, like to not have your health for a total of like six years did not have my health. I was like, I'm going to do something that proves to me that I have my health. And that triathlon dream was what had it. Plus I was spending all this time outside. Um, after, after it wasn't snowing in Danbury anymore, I was running outside. I was riding my bike outside when I could, um, I was swimming in a pool inside, but I was getting all that outside time too. So I got a whole lot of benefits there. Yeah. Um, so once I achieved that goal, I was like, yay, I did it. And then everybody's like, so what's next? Right. <laughs> no, it's not just check the box. Yeah. But, um, I think having that dream of I'm going to do something for me, it's not for my husband. It's not for my kids. It's Trisha needs something that she's working for. And what that did for my kids is that showed them that mommy, you, you don't have to stop dreaming just when you're eight years old, you can have a dream at any age. And if you put the actions that you need to put in consistently, like I literally worked out six days a week to achieve that dream. I wasn't going to achieve it any other way. The guide said, do this and you will make it. And I didn't care about how fast I was. I had a goal for how long I'd like it to be. It was under two hours for the sprint triathlon, which is a, it was, for this one, it was 800 yard swim, a 13 mile bike ride and 3.1 mile ride. So for me, my parents drove in from Indiana. My, my kids were there. Like everybody was there to watch me, to witness this major transformation from Trisha sits on the couch and doesn't do a whole lot to a once active person who had to become inactive Mm -hmm. to, wow, she's, she's doing something like this. And it just felt amazing. And then I just kept dreaming of a better me and I brought my family along with me so they could see the progression and they could be a part of the journey with me. And now my kids are my biggest cheerleaders. My mommy Yeah. They're so proud. So how did this impact your relationship with your kids? So one thing that happened is my coach would give me these training plans uh, and he would say like, do this, do this run. And so my kids decided they wanted to do some of these things with me. They were like running drills and they would actually compete. No, I want to do it alone with mommy. No, I want to do it alone with mommy. So I would like split up the workouts and do it. Um, But the other thing that we started implementing is as I was being more active, my husband started doing more stuff. And then we started implementing family walk time. And it's been pretty, especially during this pandemic, it's been a huge game changer for our family because every night after dinner, you know, not only are they like cheering me on on the triathlon journey, but every night after dinner, we go for a family walk and we take a football and my, my husband throws it to the girls and, and we just, 
have conversations along the walk. Um, I say the most important thing that happened is my daughter is now 12 and my older daughter, and she needs to know about things that I don't know, a 12 year old daughter needs to know about, but it's really hard to have some hard conversations when you're face to face, because it's like very confrontational. But if you're going for a walk in the woods or a walk in your neighborhood, you're side by side, you can still hear each other, you can still see each other, but they can look down and have that, you know, know, they can ask questions, but it's just less confrontational. So we're able to talk more freely. Mm -hmm. And I found like we talked about periods and we talked about sex and boyfriends and where babies come from all on our walks. Mm -hmm. And um, we've talked about drugs, like we talked about vaping and how dangerous it is and um you know it's a little bit (laughs) i i ended up coming home and sharing more stuff with her afterwards but starting these difficult conversations not at the beginning of the walk more towards like you know the middle Mm -hmm. you know by the end of the walk you're back to like talking about light and happy things but if you've started this habit of being out in nature and just connecting first Mm. and then, you know, give it a couple weeks, maybe a month. And then you start to, you know, you don't need to have these conversations immediately. Like they just need every single time. Right. 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 And, and we don't, and thank goodness, you know, cause that'd be heavy. Cause then she wouldn't (laughs) want to go for a walk. No. (laughs) Right. But if you, if you're having fun and then you like ask a question that starts a conversation that would be very challenging to have otherwise, I feel like it's almost as if it's a, it's a safety net. Like you have the protection of the earth, you know, like, mm-hmm. and if it gets too heavy, then she, if she says, mom, I don't want to talk about it, then we don't talk about it. Yeah. But it's just a nice way to ease into um, one, the special time, the one-on-one time that I'm able to have with my kids because we're like, Hey, let's go for a walk. Okay. There's no TV. There's no cell phones. Like it's just us talking um, maybe we feed the chickens. Our neighbors have chickens. So we go over and feed the chickens, but just this alone time is so critical. I hope that they look back upon this time, you know, even through the pandemic and say like, you know what I loved about that time? I spent extra time with my mom mm-hmm. or my dad and I went for a walk every night. We threw the football throughout our, we live on a dead end street. So it's relatively quiet, but I want them to remember that. I don't want them to remember having to wear a mask all the time. <laughs> I just want to remember the family things that we got to do. Cause this is, this is the time where we're forced to slow down and forced to do so much, so many different things. Leverage that don't be over busy. And then the other thing is, is if she's, and I talked to my daughter about this, you know, another family has other, like they're really, really super busy all over again. And I said, listen, you get one sports and you get scouts. Cause mommy's not going to be running around all over the place just carting you around. So she does horseback riding and she does boy scouts. So that for us is enough stuff for her to do that allows for us to have those weekly nights of Mm -hmm. where we go for a family walk, because if she's busy every single night of the week, how are we going to do that connecting? How do we have family dinner? How do we go for a family walk? If she's busy every single night of the week. So I think that's the other thing too, is you can't be so scheduled in your life and have so many things happening Otherwise, you can't make time for a 20 minute or 45 minute walk. Yeah, I think that's so important too. that, 
you know, we are very busy and we want to set our kids up and make sure they have all these things, kind of build their resume and stuff. But study after study after study after study shows the most important thing to help our kids thrive is our connection with us. And we end up a lot of times sacrificing the time to create that connection for all this other stuff that doesn't matter as much. And I think that's really hard for people. So I love this idea of going outside in nature, no distractions, having that time where you've created it so that if a difficult conversation needs to be had, you've kind of created that space for Mm -hmm. it. Now, a lot of parents are going, I would love to do that. My, especially teen, is not going to go with me. Mm -hmm. What do you say to the parents that are going, how do I get my teen to go with me? Well, I would say you have to be the person that goes first. I went on walks by myself for 16 months, 16 months before I joined the gym and started doing what I'm doing. So I hope you don't have to wait 16 months. Um, But what happened is my whole family knew that walking for me was a priority and I was, I was the leader. So as a parent, you're the leader of your family, Mm. do what you want others to do. And then as you, as they see that you created this consistent habit, maybe it's after a month, once you've created this consistent habit for you, invite them. And then if they say no, okay, I'm going for a walk. I'll see you in 20 minutes or I'll see you in 45 minutes, whatever it is, continue to invite them. And someday they're going to say yes, because they're going to feel like they're missing out on time with you. Yeah. I I love that. And it's so true. It's like, if you want to see change or you want to have change in your life, don't wait around for everyone else to agree to it. Just go start doing that, what you need. And don't ask for permission. Like the only person you need to really take care of first is yourself. Because if you're a complete mess, how are you going to handle a teenager that's having a meltdown or having a difficult time? And that's what I learned. The more that I focus on centering myself and when, when my younger daughter was severely ill with Lyme disease, I, I was losing my mind too. And then I started my daily gratitude and I kept up with my walks and my meditation. And I grounded myself first because when she was having a meltdown, I was able to handle it a lot better because mm-hmm. I had already filled up my cup with everything that I needed to be the best me. And then I could deal with a very, very challenging child. It's hard if you're feeling horrible to be the best parent when your child needs you it's like you so I think there's some people who are like oh I don't have time to take care of myself I'm too busy doing all this other stuff and my response is you don't have time not to take care of yourself you have to decide that you're the most important person in your life so that you can be the best person for you for everybody that matters the most to you and the message this sends to our kids too is that it's important for them to take care of themselves and not run themselves down and just to the bare bone either. Right. So I think we model this busy, busy, you know, phonetic behavior and our kids pick that energy up. And then we see them as really stressed and anxious. And if we want them to be less stressed and anxious, we have to model that. And so by modeling this sense of calm and this taking care of ourselves and putting our health and our mental health as making that a priority, they're going to model that. And I think that's the easiest way to, to help them. So 
Yeah. Be the the change you want to see and be the model so they can see what is possible. One thing I did mention, and there have been a lot of studies, and I never stopped taking medicine without talking with your doctor first, but a 20-minute walk three times a week outside without technology has been proven to be as effective as an antidepressant. Wow. So as humans, we were meant to live outside. We were meant to be out in nature 24 hours a day. And especially in the Western world, we have houses and we stay in there, we sleep in there, and then we go in cars. We don't even walk anymore. So we go from one box to another box to another box to another box. And we're not even spending five minutes outside walking from our, you know, to the grocery store to the car to the office or whatever. So we've kind of forgotten how to be human. Yes, sunlight is good for you. Don't bake out in the sun from 10 to noon, you know, 10 to 2 without sunscreen. But getting that sunlight, getting that fresh air, humans need that to survive and to thrive. And so make time for that for you. And for me, it started with I just had to get up a little bit earlier, even if it's only 10 minutes earlier. Like do something for you that's just for you. And that outside time, I promise you, once you start doing it, give yourself a week, you will feel a difference. You'll feel a difference in your energy. You'll feel a difference in your happiness. Like we're meant to be outside, but we've boxed ourselves in, like we're protecting ourselves, but we don't need to protect ourselves from the earth. That's the healing power. And there's, uh, you know, vitamin D deficiency. I think everyone I've talked to is like, I'm vitamin D deficient. Well, why? Because we're not outside getting sunlight, right? Mm -hmm. That's, that's why we're so deficient. Our bodies need it. And Mm -hmm. that's showing that we're not getting what we need. And I, I, I like what you said too, you know, you're like five minutes, 10 minutes. It doesn't have to be like, oh my God, I have to fit in whole hour to two hour walk in, go out for five minutes, walk around the block, you know, take your time and just do something. And getting outside and making that a priority. And then it kind of starts to grow. Um, Absolutely. The other thing is, is especially important, especially now is, you know, vitamin D is a marker. So we don't even really know how important the sun is. We haven't figured that out, but when we get the sunshine without sunscreen, so, you know, my husband's very dark skin, so he's very vitamin D deficient because when, even when he goes outside, his skin protects him because Mm -hmm. it's all the melatonin. So he has to take a supplement, but for, for people like me, I am not that dark skinned. I mean, I'm, I've had a lot of tan now cause I was running outside, but the reality is when you're outside, the sun is doing something to our body and it shows up as vitamin D when we mm-hmm. take our blood work. Right. So we don't even know all the different ways the sun is helping us. And I love my dermatologist, but she's like, you gotta wear sunscreen all the time. I do between the hours of 10 and two, but I do not until like I leave, I let the sun do a little bit of work. And I live in the Northeast. Almost everybody in the Northeast is vitamin D deficient because we have half the year. We're just not able to get enough sun. Um, So I do supplement, but nothing is better than spending actual time outside, letting the sun do its magic. Um, If you're low on vitamin D, you're more susceptible to get sick. Mm-hmm. Hello, are we trying to build our immune system? Um, you're likely to have low energy and you're likely to be depressed. So that's why when you're outside in nature without, you know, again, be careful about the sun, the, the sun is powerful, but you know, if you're going for a morning walk or evening walk, um, when the sun is not at the height of it, you'll allow yourself just to get some sunlight without it being so damaging, but yeah, yeah so important vitamin D. 
And, you know, you keep mentioning nature, and I think it's important to really, if you have the opportunity to get somewhere, even if it's a tree, but, you know, there are studies that show too, that just being in nature releases that dopamine and those feel good chemicals in your brain, which is what you're talking about. Like the antidepressants, we have natural antidepressants, right? And nature, go hug a tree. Yeah. (laughs) Become a tree hugger becomes, I mean, it does naturally, which again, shows how important nature is to humans, right? Because it makes us feel good. Yeah. I have a friend who's got AFib. Um, There's a, there's a bigger acronym that I can't remember at this moment in time, but he has changed. And and I used to walk barefoot all the time, but he spends at least 20 minutes every single day walking barefoot. Mm. Um, And it's reduced his AFib situations. It's, it's cut it in like a fourth. So he used to have a situation, you know, now he has it like four times per year because he's walking barefoot. Um, There's an ion exchange that happens. And so the grounding being like literally grounding the earth is like neutralizing us. And so I think somebody said it takes 22 minutes for your blood to circulate through your entire body. Mm -hmm. So even if you literally stand barefoot in the grass or sit in a tree or hug a tree or whatever, all that, the earth is like absorbing all those negative ions and you're able to neutralize yourself and it makes a huge difference in your health. And I'm not kidding. Hugging a tree does make you happy. I feel like my neighbors are going to look at me strange if I go out and hug a tree for 22 minutes, but (laughs) maybe worth a try. Stand stand in the grass and then like, you know, like, you know, like, like pretend like you're like looking at the tree or something. You don't have to hug it for 22 minutes, but definitely even just standing yeah. barefoot, it makes a difference. Yeah, that's great. In the grass. That's, that's key. It's got to be like on the nature. So I love it. Okay. So Trisha, how do people find you and exactly how do you help people? So, I uh, mean, you know, I'm focusing on the person that I was nine years ago. So that stressed out working mom Mm -hmm. who makes time for everybody else, but not for herself. Um, But I can help a lot of people through my website, trishaRobinsonCoaching.com. You can schedule an appointment with me. I have uh, time available to have to connect with you. There's a freebie that you can download that can help you focus more on your health. Um, So that's the best way to reach me, trishaRobinsonCoaching.com. Perfect. I will have the link in there. And I know, um, send me the link to the freebie. And I know you sent me a link to like a breathing exercise, which oh yes. we didn't even get into breathing, but that's a whole other show. That's a big thing too. So <laughs> Trisha, any parting words of encouragement for parents with teenagers? I want to tell you that there's always hope. When I was in the depths of my despair, I was severely depressed. Like I didn't know how to find that hope. So I borrowed it from somebody else first. Mm-hmm. So if I can be that, you're borrowing that hope from, from me to help you, like there is a way out of the hole that you're in. If you feel like you're stuck, you just have to take that one step. And if you take that one step in nature, it will happen for you. And if you're looking for guidance along the way, I would be honored to be your guide. I love that. Thank you, Trisha, so much. I'm so grateful you could join us today. I'm glad to be here. Hope I hope I've been able to help some of you. Yeah, I think I'm going to go for a walk right now, actually. Um, Yeah, right. And thank you, parents, for taking time out of your busy day to spend with us. If you want to learn more about how to set your teen up for success, both at school and in life, feel free to download my free gift to you, Seven Secrets to Motivating Teens at AskDrCam.com slash Motivate 
teens, all one word. Finally, if you enjoyed this episode and all the amazing nuggets that Trisha shared with us, please take a quick moment to rate and review. This helps other parents like you find the show, and I encourage you to share it with a friend as well. Until next time, have a peaceful, positive, calm day. And that's a wrap. Thanks for joining me today on Parenting Teens with Dr. Cam. Make sure to visit my website, www.askdrcam.com, where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Stitcher, or via RSS, so you'll never miss a show again. While you're at it, if you found value in this episode, I'd appreciate a rating on iTunes, and hey, why not share it with a friend too? Be sure to tune in to my next episode. And remember, parenting teens may not be easy, but with my help, it can be a whole lot easier than this.